0: Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi it's Joseph and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. In this episode we delve more deeply into the repercussions of a God that is only omnipresent and not omniscient or omnipotent as discussed in the last podcast. The discussion takes us into examination of atheism, religion, and how the divine doesn't will to manifest as we commonly think as a society. This leads us to address more wrinkles of absolute truth previously addressed, the difference between belief and discovery-based orientations toward life, the nature of evil, and of course much more. I remind you, as always, to please listen to this podcast from the beginning and in the episode order. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome forward. That may be the new catchphrase. Every, you know, entertainment type infotainment, Mm -hmm. whatever this is, everything needs a a catchphrase.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And of course, the default has always been, uh, welcome back. Yes. Welcome back. Yeah. Because,
0: yeah, there's an implicit kind of, uh, we want you to stay exactly where you are. Uh, welcome back to the, the thing you are just unfamiliar enough for this to be entertaining, but not un- so unfamiliar as to be uncomfortable. Welcome. Welcome back to that. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Stace, uh, you wanted to talk about um, you sent me a message prior to us recording to talk more about the reperca- repercussion of God that is uh, that is only omnipresent and not omniscient or omnipotent which we talked about last time you wanted to have a follow-on a sequel to that Um, Where should we start today with that?
1: Well, um, something really interesting happened to me I'd like to just uh, reference here before we dive in to I think one of the most um, impactful new ideas about the nature of divinity that's ever been offered now that sounds a little bombastic, but I'm going to try to support that with our our talk about it today, but um, as an idea, this is what struck me uh, midweek. Um, in in the domain of ideas, I actually had an experience Wednesday, I think uh, Joseph Tuesday or Wednesday, where I, I had to stop for a moment because I literally felt I heard somebody who listened. Has been listening to the podcasts with with third
0: eye. Careful, you're going to sound like a televangelist. They would say <laughs> that, right? You, you, the one with MS. I'm talking to you right now. I'm sorry. Just yeah. <laughs>
1: but except I can't see anybody. It's um, it's uh, it's a third eye uh, um, intuitive thing. Anyway, this person was a little upset uh, with us, uh-huh. uh, and uh, I heard. And if this happens to actually be a person out there in, uh, in uh, listening to this podcast, if I nail this and that was you letting Joseph know, I'd like to talk with you yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> we love, we It'd love be that. lovely.
1: But I heard someone, um, uh, after listening to, uh, I don't know which podcast, uh, uh, he was, he was listening with it with another person. It might've been a woman too. I can't, can't quite tell, but uh, there were two people, I think. And one said to the other, you know, with the state of the world being as upside down uh, as it is and all the pressures and conflicts and divisions going on, these two guys are talking, you know, like uh, this is fun. Um, <laughs> they, they get so uh, they they talk with each other and they laugh a lot and they make light of things. They don't mock anything, but they, they make light of things. And mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, where, where's the, where's their connect to, um, to, the, to what's really going on in the real world, mm. something
0: like that. I would love to speak to that. Yeah, go on. well, I,
1: I, he- I heard it as if it was in the next room. Mm. And so I just want to frame our talk today, for example, on the, the nature of what divinity might actually be comprised of, mm. um, uh, that uh, ideas, ideas. It's ideas that change the world. Uh, in ways that drop something like a stone into the water pond and the little ripples go out and start ringing bells here and there and there and here, that all the great movements uh, start with ideas, even great spiritual teachers start with some idea, um, uh, um, even though if it's dualistic and they're uh, uh, enlightened, it's uh, still a dualistic idea. Um, but whether whatever the domain—philosophy, um, psychology, spirituality, religion, um, uh, uh, empiricism, science—ideas are what um, help help move the world. Not the only thing that moves the world, but help move the world, the human world. And um, and so I, what I'd like to um, frame how I'd like to frame this is that to this person <laughs> that I heard, <laughs> I thought I heard. Um, that uh, yes, Joseph and I get excited about ideas and then try to parse them and interpret them and um, find the limitations of them or find uh, that some of them don't have uh, limitations. But we're excited about ideas. And that's the way we have to start here. Mm-hmm. The idea about God um, is, a, is a really important one as, I'll, as I think we'll get to as we get through this. But I would like to say to that person who said that um, that, uh, uh, the reason that the world is in the mess that it is, is because the ideas that drive our world, uh, not just mentalized ideas, embodied belief systems as ideas. It is exactly those uh, upstream ideas, positions, and belief systems that, that secondarily symptomatically cause our upheavaled world and so when we get excited about um, ideas we're actually talking about what's necessary to change the upheaval and the divisions and all the difficulties Mm -hmm. that we find personally and globally so i just wanted to answer you whomever you may be out there in uh, in audio land uh, listening to this or eventually when this gets mounted uh, in video form too yeah Um, I just wanted to say that we celebrate the exploration of new ideas for psychology, philosophy, spirituality, religion, uh, money, um, sexuality—all the domains that are important to human beings. This series is about uh, is about exploring ideas that move the world.
0: Yeah, everything starts out as an starts out as an idea. Technology, the house that you're sitting in everything i'm glad you brought that up because it's i mean i can imagine some people hear us talk and maybe think that we're in some kind of uh you know metaphysical or philosophical ivory tower uh and not actually connected to the world but for me talking about ideas there's a kind of um it's it's really it's it's sort of like the um pure math kind of like to take a joy in the you know a, a right angle even though you can't find one in reality actually because you know i feel elbow deep or neck deep in the world uh, almost every moment of every day and you know the latest mass shooting and the latest politician trying to solve a very old problem in a way that it's easy to see will never work and in this, this last few weeks it's like i was just saying to uh, to my beloved last night i i hope that I live long enough to see things get better because seeing things get worse and worse is getting really difficult and it would be a shame to die, you know, tomorrow and have only witnessed the decline of civilization to this degree and not have it resolve like kind of a a movie that, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like if the star Wars trilogy ended after empire strikes back, you'd be like, wait a minute, you know, I can't end on a down note. And, um, so I, I have a joy in sort of uh, admittedly kind of, um, retreating in the ideas as pure ideas. And when I'm working with people, I'm, you know, playing with the ideas and also navigating the defenses of people and the difficulty of applying it and the uniqueness of situations and like, oh man, that stuff is really, really hard and there's there's a joy in the purity of the ideas that is admittedly a little bit escapist, but also totally necessary um, yeah. To, yeah. To, for it to be applied to anything.
1: Yeah, uh, ditto on this end of, of things. Um, every day I read every possible thing I can read and uh, uh, and listen to and watch. That tells me about what's going on in the world today. Before the internet, I read three newspapers every day. I remember, yeah. I've never, I've never been detached uh, uh, from reality in that way. So there's an and here to the erstwhile um, a, a person whom I, I might have heard on the airwaves, uh, not these airwaves, the etheric airwaves. Um, that there's an and between ideational exploration and celebration, and Uh, a wholesale and retail inhabitation of what's going on in the world
0: and maybe that's part of um, being in the world but also not in the world and also not of the world it's like to because if you can't ever go into pure ideas well if nobody ever did that there'd be no calculus there'd be no computers there'd be no space travel there'd be no everything's you know any new breakthrough starts as a pure idea long before it can be applied
1: Jesus' spermless birth is an idea. (laughs) Surely Um, it is. Probably only that. That that has moved billions of people over the last 2,000 years into dedicated lifestyles. Mm -hmm. That one idea. um, It's an interesting one that we can um, one day talk about here, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. But let's get on to the idea about the... um, a radical reformulation of divinity away from religious standpoints, virtually all of them. All religious standpoints, incepted in the Axial Age, uh, um, way long time ago, pre-psychological age, um, declares that God, to be God, must be omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. Uh, No seams anywhere, Uh, all three uh, domains covered And where has that idea gotten us?
0: Uh, (laughs) Oh, man, what a question. I can't wait to hear you answer that. (laughs) Where has
1: that idea gotten us? Mm. There has been more violence, hatred, uh, vituperation, torture, murder by religious domains of human activity more than any other domain in the history of our planet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's where, in without much exaggeration, that God is omnipresent, omnipotent, and uh, um, uh, om- omniscient. That's where it's gotten us. Um, I think base, basing our human lives and belief systems on that idea with that resultant that I just articulated should bring into question the uh, uh, sanity of that position. So uh, this was something that was bothering me even when I was a teenager uh, in religion class in a Catholic high school, all boy high school, the girls high school is across the campus and yeah. Um, so let's take this apart for a moment because if God is not omniscient, not omnipotent, and not um, uh, omnipresent, or if they're not, if it's not all three, something radically reconfigures all of religion and a good share of Western spirituality in general, right? So our identity offers that uh, most of that violence and all of the um, the um, difficulty, and cruelty and murder and execution and persecution and genocide that has happened uh, in history uh, um, uh, is because religion has a picture of God that has never been accurate, ever. That's, this is how big an idea this is. Um, the idea, for example, in between Zoroastrianism and, um, and, and, and the rise of Judaism, with the Judaism writing uh, uh, standing out among all others, saying we're God's pet favorites. Mm-hmm. That's their idea, um, uh, and and that separated them um, from everything everyone else vying for notoriety or um, or teaching uh, expansion at the time, and still exists. To this day. Oh, yeah. Can, can anyone spell spiritual racism? <laughs> uh, um, uh, this is, mm. uh, uh, it, is, it is just boggles me that you never hear uh, uh, um, a philosophical deconstruction of this position.
0: Well, that would be attacking their beliefs and uh, there's a First Amendment preventing that or something. Of of course,
1: but anyone is free to believe anything they want any I mean, identity says stay with everything until it dead ends. That's fine. And
0: you're not supposed but to I'll, apply critical thinking to the religious or spiritual. Is what we're taught.
1: Well, that's because it's a, that, that admonition right there is because it's a, it's a result of a pre-psychological age and a pre-empirical yes, age. Yes. Right.
0: Oh, I never made that connection.
1: Yeah. Oh baby. Yes. So, uh-huh. so that's not only ridiculous. It that doesn't even apply to the, to the topic at hand. Yeah. Um, uh, spirit, it's spiritually racist for, for uh, the Jude-Juda- Judaism to say that they are God's favorite chosen so it, people.
0: So is that why they would draw uh, a different kind of racism? It's this, this kind of karma to teach them the lesson of this is what you get if you think you're special?
1: You take the words right out of my <laughs> next phrases here. This is why um, the Jews as a people's. Have been honestly and truly persecuted mm-hmm. because it's their their distorted karma coming back at their position, which is is not a stretch to say is the ultimate arrogance.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So they have that will continue the uh, J- the Jew- Jewish people as both as an ethnicity a group an ethnic group and as a religion. It will never stop until they get that that is utterly impossible mm-hmm. for the living real God to have any pet favorite. It's as silly as in high school when uh, you've got uh, um, uh, the two football teams um, uh, playing in a high school and uh, each side is invoking uh, God to help them beat the enemy. <laughs>
0: It's right. like, see any uh, high school south of the Mason Dixon line today? Yeah, it's probably doing that. But they absolutely. pray in the locker room, right? The coach will like well, lead a prayer. A- absolutely.
1: Uh, um, and so, wait a minute. Can you imagine how absurd it is to divine being listening for the uh, the Russians through the Russian Orthodox uh, pray to their God to uh, defeat the Ukrainian rebels. And the Ukrainians praying to that same God to defeat the evil um, nationalistic Russians. Yeah. Um, can you imagine what that is like every day? The volume of the, those prayers and divine being in identities offering hears everything, everything, because it's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. It cannot help be omnipresent, as we said last time, because If anything is outside of God's presence, then God isn't God. It's God is inside of something else bigger than God, right? Mm -hmm. So nothing can be outside of God. So God hears that. Divine being hears that, as complex as it is, every day. And so omnipresence um, uh, alone um, is enough, and we'll get to that in a moment. But let's deconstruct omniscience and uh, omnipotency, okay? Mm -hmm. Omnipotency, sorry. Mm -hmm. Okay? Omnipotency, the the big uh, hang up on that uh, particular vector of our idea we're talking about today, is uh, it it gets all hung up on why does God allow evil in the world if it is all powerful, right? Um, And of course, there have been apologists who um, will strive to say, well, um, what that really means is that uh, it's wondering why we don't stop evil. Um, mm-hmm. but wait, what, what's missing in that, uh, offering is that that means God is not omnipotency or they will say it could, but it doesn't for that reason. It's up to us to stop it.
0: Right. Then okay, it leads so, to the tests and temptation and all that other stuff. All yeah. that stuff.
1: Right. Um, and the same thing with omniscience, uh, it knows everything at all times, past, present, and future. Uh, that would also mean that it knew Hitler was going, going to do what it was going to do. Stalin, Stalin who was even worse, more, more people, 70s million of uh, 72, 75 million people were killed by Stalin um, in his autocracy. The, God knew that was all going to happen, knew all the innocent soldiers that the Axis or the uh, Allies sent over and World War II were all going, the ones who were going to die are not, are not going to die. And that God knows everything. Well, as you beautifully said at the end of last, um, podcast, uh, not having a God that is all powerful, all knowing, and all always present is scary mm-hmm. for the religious rank and file. Uh, and you, you said something beautiful about that, by the way, did that digest anything any further for you? Yeah. You
0: know, I haven't been able to sit with it persistently, but I have sort of revisited it a few times in the last week and Um, I what I feel when I sort of contemplate that is a sort of push from behind and an urging of my own self-authority. And I could feel like, oh, there's some part of me that really doesn't want to have that self-authority. That would much rather there be this omnipotent and omniscient authority that I can be underneath. And I can feel there's some hiding in me that's like really can't stay with that idea or feeling longer than a couple of minutes at a time. I've been revisiting it yeah but it's quite uncomfortable. Okay,
1: well said um, because if you actually let yourself feel that and you you feel the possibility that this might be this offering of identities might be correct, if you're not scared, you're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our conditioning has gone so deep. Existentially to us in that that it that it that it drives our belief systems about God in a very integral foundational fundamental way. So let's let's deconstruct um, and and ma- and make the argument for this radical idea, which would change everything. It would also um, make room way downline counterintuitively for devotional aspects of uh, humanity, uh, religious and spiritual people who believe in some sort of di- divine being contexting the human theater and non-dualists, uh, Eastern, uh, esotericism that says there's no God, um, and, uh, no, um, uh, uh afterlife in any of the ways the religions have ta- talked to us about. So, um, both those possibilities happen with the deconstruction of these, um, three elements, uh, so what identity would start to say, we could do a genesis. Identity has a picture and a teaching of how God discovered it, was, it existed and what happened in the next couple of realizations. But let's hold that for the moment and off, make the offering first. That the mistake is, and this is where it diverges and becomes um, omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence, is that God created us. Um, that implies a direct intent to create. I offer instead, um, when you get to know the real divine being, not the one of religion, which we'll talk about relative to atheism here too today, I hope, Mm -hmm. uh, that the real divine being, and this is self-verifiable, the more you learn to grow more emotively, mature, which automatically makes you emoto-spiritually more mature, that divinity unfolds inside itself. It doesn't intentionally create this and that and that and this. Uh, listen to um, Rick, Ricky Gervais the other day, uh, uh, that uh, if he's wrong about his atheism, and had a chance to ask God one question, he would be, well, listen, God, if you uh, really um, hate homosexuals, like the religionists say, why did you put the G-spot in men up their, their anal canal? <laughs> uh, this, this kind of uh, lovely, lovely um, uh, uh, comedic uh, spin on that this question goes right to that. What if, and here's what identity asks people to live into the question of, what if this might be true? That divine being... Unfolds and discovers itself as it unfolds without having the I'm going to manifest anteaters, I'm going to manifest apes. I'm going to make planets and dark matter and and and, and dark energy willfully. Willfully. Yeah. It's not that divine being doesn't have will in identity's opinion. It's, what if that's not the case? What if it watches itself unfold, and then as soon as it unfolds something, it goes, aha. And now, from that moment, maybe has intention to shape some things.
0: like More but, like pure art. It, oh, that's a good way to put You're it. Like an and when you, the sure. distinction I've heard is the difference between an, an artist and a craftsman or a craftsperson yeah. sure. is that the artist doesn't know what they're going to create. That the craftsperson yes. does.
1: Very well put. Divine being is an artisan
0: mm-hmm.
1: and primarily and only secondary a crafts per crafts being. Mm-hmm. Um uh, it feels to me that it discovers itself as it mm-hmm. unfolds, and this means that it can't be omniscient. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know how it's going to unfold until it unfolds. And then as it unfolds, it immediately is able to take in what what just had unfolded, and busily starts to put grace and balance and goodness and aliveness and support into what um, yeah, that uh, makes it, a it has just unfolded. Mm-hmm. That's the question identity offers people to live into. Just live into that question. Well,
0: I'm just I'm smiling because it makes sense. That makes so much more sense, you know, once you get a sense of how flow operates when you actually start embodying some amount of the divine like that's what happens to your life you become less and less able to plan and intentionally (laughs) manifest but then i'm also secondarily laughing because of course that's the projection we have onto god because before that happens for an individual, you, when you're living entirely from your mind, that's how you do everything. I'm, you decide exactly what you're going to do. You use your mind willfully, and then you do it. And then anyone who's dabbled in real spirituality, even a little bit, knows that that's the first thing you start to lose.
1: <laughs> exactly right. So, Especially now, nowadays, now that the yin yin divinity is mm-hmm. um, is uh, saturating our world now since 2012, it. Um, what happens is it unfolds. You have to lose the will to manifest um, in some intrinsic way to grow spiritually. Um, this also comports with uh, really well with Eastern esotericism mm-hmm. um, in a whole different domain. We would say, but it's still the the, um, the meta rubric still applies there. In other words, uh, divine being unfolds, and then once it unfolds, then it knows about something about what it unfold unfolded. And that knowledge, compared to us, as we said before, is omniscient, way more global, obviously, than anything our puny minds can get at. But but, um, so both um, oh, and now omnipotence, mm-hmm. if there's no will to manifest in God, because it's constantly unfolding.
0: because yeah, it, So it's it, not knowing its way through its experience. It's no. not willing its way. It's not knowing its way. And that's what we do. Think is going on like there's some grand, grand plan and all of that okay so right. we're setting that aside
1: and not not a hundred percent but to to great degree because as the as divine being unfolds itself from my um, abidance whatever that is crazy or or possibly accurate um it once it unfolds itself it does get committed to what it unfolded um and, and as it gets committed to what it unfolds, uh, what it unfolds, um, it becomes very active in supporting the good in everything that it is. Mm-hmm. And as self-reflective beings come in, came into its unfolding, was astounded that what we call evil comes out of its unfoldment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was as surprised, as anyone else. In other words, here's another way to say it. Before, before human self-reflection came along, historically, and this is, is, is establishable by empirical science, is the world of animals uh, preceded the world of, um, of self-reflective human beings. And uh, when it saw that when the nature unfolded with uh, semi-self-reflective uh, uh, beings, uh, we call animals of all species, uh, it noticed that uh, um, there was a predator, um, uh, predatee, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or uh, orientation to nature that has the savage dog-eat-dog jungle orientation, that everything is eaten by everything else up the, uh, the, the predator line. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, one set of beings unfolded within it eat another set of beings that unfold into it. And it was it was it was surprised, and from its point of view, since it sees everything as as uh, being born, um, a a living and dying anyway, it doesn't have the same reaction of savage that is savagery. It's just what unfolded in it, Mm -hmm. and so what what happens is as it as it unfolded, it said, "Oh, um, this is something uh, that uh, I have to live with and try to learn to um, support." In its own way and see where it leads. Well, where that led uh, on as things unfolded and evolved, and we wound up, um, uh, it wound up creating, um, even before the world of animals, um, souls, which is a, a, a not disembodied not yet humanized souls. That's another whole story, but we're just in this one domain for now. So the dog eat dog thing is, of course, some um, atheists would say, Well, what do you expect that there's evil in the world? We're just animals um, uh, on the predator um, prey uh, um, uh, a slope line. And to get ahead, we have to maybe we don't kill our rivals, but we outperform them. We outwill to manifest them. We out ideate them. Mm-hmm. That's all part of the law of the jungle, and it all works fine for atheists, um, <laughs> yeah. you see. Uh, mm-hmm. But what's really interesting here is um, is what I want to make a point because I just I now remember what I wanted to say. When you said earlier uh, about as below, so above, the only reason that specifically focused real spiritual growth involves letting go, let go, let God, um, stop trying to will and manifest, watch what happens when you learn to stop that, process the terrors that come along with that. Where do you think if, if God is omnipresent and you can't be outside of God, if we are, if that's our mode of unfolding, if that's our mode of growth, how could it be different for divine being? We right. are its children. We follow all of its natural natures. So if you if you believe that if you're an ancient um, Jew and believe that you're a God one of God's chosen people and that God is a punishing jealous envious God and wants you to kill any of the Assyrians or the Babylonians uh, that were enslaving them or the Egyptians at the time. Um, you, you're you going to be angry and you're going to be racist and you're going to be genocidal because that's what your God informs you about consciousness. Mm-hmm. See? So if we unfold by dropping will to manifest in the, which is a survival mode mm-hmm. in order to learn how to thrive, which in spirituality is about inside to outside, not outside to inside, then divine being must have that quality of unfolding another argument how it's possible that divine being is not omni- omni- omniscient nor omnipotent. Okay, okay so far?
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's take another domain here. This affects, if you really start thinking about this and let it take you somewhere, this changes um, whole scads of, of uh, dynamisms and bandwidths and other domains. If I were to say joseph and i i'd like to ask the question anyone who's listening right now if i said that god's only omnipresent and not omniscient and not omnipotent in the short ways i've offered there is finally a bridge between atheism and oh. and in real spirituality mm-hmm. Mm. you're you're so fast on the uptake Joseph. Well,
0: if the individual has power then and if if and if it doesn't it doesn't um it, 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 there's no self-authority if yeah comparatively there's no self-authority for a human being if god is omniscient and omnipotent and that's exactly the thing i've been noticing i'm resisting to some part of me that's like i don't want that power i don't <laughs> want that i don't want that agency sure
1: Let's look at let's look at atheism from another door and then come back to this door really quick, quickly. I've always been astounded, as much as I'm astounded by the the idea of God's favorite chosen people who has never been deconstructed. Uh, <laughs> that um, it really
0: is kind of on the nose, isn't it? it yeah,
1: it, I just can't get it. I can't get atheism. I can't get it because religions teachings. In so many ways, ninety percent of ways are so inane, so fairy taleish, so bedtime story, fairy tales. to be an atheist, you must take the teachings of religion so seriously that you think it speaks for a God. And since <laughs> the, you have to take that seriously. Yeah. if you if you didn't, you just be an agnostic, okay? Mm-hmm. But atheists have to take what religion teaches so seriously that they have to throw the whole enchilada out, not only religion, but the idea of God with it, right?
0: Well, what, what always I get hung up on is that atheism, don't, they don't realize that it's as much a belief system as the thing that they're rejecting. <laughs> um, agno- yeah. I mean, they tend, agnosticism and atheism tends to be used interchangeably, but they're completely different. Especially if, right. if someone's really relating to agnosticism in a earnest, I'd like to experience it, but I don't know yet. Way, right. um, that, but yeah. that's that, that's unusual. clean.
1: That's yeah. clean and hopeful, um, mm-hmm. and everyone should test that every single day. In mm-hmm. uh, identity's offering, even of its own version of God, I, I I doubt every day and see what might come out of that. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Re- Atheists take it so seriously that they throw the baby out with the bathwater, um, and that, and just what you said, I'd like to pick up on. One of the proofs that God is omnipresent is that we godify all positions we take. <laughs> we, make, we make little gods out of them.
0: Uh, well, and that's the the because if God is omnipotent and omniscient, then absolute truth is a possible position to have. Correct. But if it's not. If then <laughs> ab- absolute truth is even more somehow not possible for a human to have because nothing and no one has it anywhere ever.
1: Never, not even God. Now, right. God's now moment may be um, 50 years. Ours may be this next millisecond. Right. Okay, that gives it a whole lot of depth, depth knowledge, but it's not omniscient if you drop out omniscience, you drop out absolute truth. You drop out, out absolute truth and basically the foundation of all religions from the Axial Age collapse.
0: Yeah, you know, I've just as we've been talking, I've been feeling more into this, uh, what is it like to drop the uh, omniscient and omnipotent thing? And one of the things I notice, so if I can grab it out of my head here, it's like um, when you just said we we're talking about the now thing, it's like, uh, it's so subtle in me because like the, some my, my defenses will only let me feel it a little bit so I keep getting these little sort of darting glances of it. but it's like I um, oh, maybe have lost it. there's there's something that it doesn't want that I, there's something in me that doesn't want that power and there's like an exposure to life. It's like, okay, I don't know everything. That, that's what it is. I don't know everything. But something somewhere must, and I can like rest in that somehow. And if you take that away, there's like a rug pulled out. It's like, actually, no, no one and nothing does. You're on your own to figure it out. And there's an exposure feeling of like, oh, God, I'm like, it's an aloneness. Like I'm alone on my path into the unknown. There's certain elements of it that nobody knows, nothing knows. And it's unprotected, unsupported. I'm on my own. And, yes. and and then I start to really feel like you know if you were to turn that up like multiply that times a hundred I can imagine why somebody would really like religion because it's this very cozy God has all the answers follow the rules and you'll be fine yeah
1: and that just is uh, that's for young souls to start mm-hmm. to orient to those kinds of belief systems but let's take that notion in a little different direction here thanks for that that was beautifully said um, Einstein, was not just a scientist, he was a philosopher, mm-hmm. one of the rare philosopher-scientists. And he said a couple of things that is really impressive. Um, he's a true agnostic, a true agnostic. Uh, he's the best example of an agnostic I, I've ever heard who had critical thinking also. <laughs> also, um, He said, no one knows enough to be an atheist.
0: <laughs> Did he really? I he didn't really know that, that. that. <laughs> That's terrific.
1: And I'd lo- I would love to have chatted with him because I would say, um, well, um, uh, um, Albert, uh, that also, would you also say then that no one knows well enough to be a religionist? And he would, he would, I, I would say he would do that and uh-huh. go, of course, of course, you get me, you get what I'm trying to say here. So look at that um uh, balance scales here no one knows enough to be a theist and no one knows enough to be an atheist absolutely on either end right we've talked about the nonsense of absolute truth uh, a couple other times in podcasts we've entered that into the
0: record for us yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) you take you take away absolute truth and the foundations of all religions collapse um this is about discovery of what's true not believing what's true right we all have a right to our opinions but we don't have the same right about our facts right and and the fact is that no one can claim that they know anything absolutely including the person who's speaking this right now that even i doubt that that statement no one can know anything absolutely i don't hold that as an ironclad fist in a closed fist I just keep experimenting with that every single day, testing it. And so far, it it turns out to be a universal truth, not an absolute truth.
0: Ah, that's a good distinction.
1: You see, Mm -hmm. identity is offering sets of universal truths to be tested every day in the domain where the rubber meets the road, where the human heart, soul, and body has to live some kind of human life with some kind of direction with some kind of uh um a, a, a focus that results in well-being That's
0: and you know it's, i didn't say. i didn't see before the uh, universal truths to be tested invites engagement in life embodiment in life a curiosity as opposed to absolute truth to be believed absolutely in the mind it's not curious. Then, no. then there's not an engagement. Then you're no. in your head with a foregone conclusion that filters out anything that will challenge the idea. And exactly. and then you don't evolve, which is observable in people who hold those absolute truths.
1: And that's one of the reasons when the internet, which started out as a a um, encyclopedia, became two-way. Uh, and human being, uh, we could instead just researching via the internet is how it started. When we got the, the ability to change the internet and, and allow Amazon and do uh, financial transactions and all this and social media, social media has exactly followed what you just said. It's uh, the divisiveness of human beings' paradigms. My, there's, everyone is pushing for mine is right, yours is wrong. And that means whether they're aware of it or not, that they they have no curiosity about their truth. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue in absolutism. There's only pedagogy. No die mm-hmm. not no dialogue. And that's what's happened um, uh, in in our social media world right now in in cancellation um, uh, 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 culture, cancel culture stuff.
0: And then you have Um, the algorithms of the social media that because it wants you engaged on their platform. So whatever you believe, they feed you more of that opinion. That's right. Uh, That's frightening.
1: It's, it's frightening. And this is when you first started, we started talking today, Joseph, when you said um, you hope to live long enough to see resolution because we're, we're only about 70 percent, and by my read, down the
0: drain. Oh, We've that's got better another, than I thought. I would have guessed yeah. 30 or 40. That's good.
1: <laughs> no, well, we're about 30. We have 30 to 40 more to go. And the further down it goes, the worse it gets.
0: Um, I, my sense is 2029, uh, twenty, twenty nine, twenty, thirty, about eight, eight or nine years more before we hit bottom. You, feels right. Uh-huh. feels
1: right. So back to our main rabbit hole today. Um, <laughs> uh, the om, om, omnipresence, but not the omniscience and omnipotence, makes me a lot makes me to say to an a, a, a absolute oriented atheist, listen congratulations. If, if Jesus came back and somebody said, what do you think about atheists? And he would say, what's wrong with being an atheist? Um, at least you're throwing away the fairy tales of a pre-psychological religion, religions. Mm-hmm. So congratulations for having your own mind and heart and trying to find out your truth for yourself, yeah. but wait, be careful. He would also then say, don't, don't, don't make an absolute of your truth. In the same way that the religions, you're rejection, re- rejecting made out of theirs, or you're just as bad as them. The, the, the God of atheism is no God. The, the, God, the God of uh, Buddhism and avaita and Vedanta, Zen and Vi is a not God is not God
0: and a um, self.
1: And no self, that's a god of theirs too. Yeah. They worship, we can't help godifying. That's the track I want to get
0: back on. Oh, right.
1: Everything we do, we we are we make a god out of anything that we feel applies to us. We're so insecure, we're so insecure existentially as human beings. Identity office, because none of us ever got what we needed in the cult of the family, another whole cult, family cult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we that's another whole track we can talk about but since we're all malnourished in the level of soul because parenting has never been uh adequate parenting has never occurred in our in our race we're so existentially insecure we need these ironclad belief systems to make us feel safe in the same way you referenced
0: yeah and um one of my unfinished books that i probably i don't know if i ever finished it, it was called the uh, false gods uh um yeah. and the the, uh, you know, we have this notion, it was in the, uh, that, that's a commandment, right? Thou shalt not worship uh, false idols and stuff? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me the essential meaning of that was um, had, was far more in context than in content You know, it wasn't about mm-hmm. lining up idols and worshiping them, although that was an application. It was about allegiance to truth. And yes. um, uh, false gods can be like, an addiction is a false god. It's anything we ascribe a, greater truth to than actually is is that how you would define it
1: yeah uh, i would say um uh anything uh anything that we become addicted to is a false god whether it's alcohol drugs atheism religionism work tucker carlson Tur- sex, Tucker carlsonism <laughs> tucker Carlsonism. <laughs> uh he is a world unto them. himself oh my god uh Um, Anything that you are not willing to not have, whether it's a belief system, a drug, a relationship, a person, anything you're not willing to not have as an adult.
0: Oh, because I see God. because it has an absolute sort of valence to it. Therefore, you're not in an inquiry. You're not engaged in reality testing it. So you're not in reality. So it's not God. Yes.
1: Uh-huh. And this is what gets me again. I, wait, What? wait, what? Um, there's no curiosity in fundamentalist um, sects of religions. There's no curiosity. They have all the answers already. This is the opposite of divine being. My experience of divine being, it is, you, there isn't even a word. Curious doesn't even come close. It is engaged in curiosity. It is saturated in curiosity in serving what unfolds inside of it. Um, It's conscious of itself in two dimensions, yang and yin, Um, another whole topic for another podcast. But it is ultimately curious in what unfolds inside of it. And as it does that, that's what we're supposed to get when we're doing point on spiritual growth. We do not try to manifest; we try to unfold, and then having curiosity about what unfolds in us, and thereby seek truth. Um, in postmodern philosophy, for example, it's very clear, and no matter which domain you look in, one of the elements is really common: is there's there's no such thing as any truth that any human being can ever know all the way. Um, this is a very clear uh, um, postmodern uh, um, feature uh, um, in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and identity would agree with it so much so that it says anyone who holds is not willing to not have a belief is stuck mm-hmm. it this person is dead-ended and can only spin where they are flinging mud judgment divisiveness and sometimes violence mm-hmm. right so you take away absolute truth or our our over addiction to a truth that we need because we're so feel empty inside or insecure inside that we need the safety of an absolute truth. This is psychopathologic. Religions create psychopathologic um, examples of itself in those conservative um, uh, uh, um, scripture-driven kinds of uh, theocracies that, um, that, um, these, these people have It's psychopathological to not have curiosity. They're addicted. They're addicted as any heroin addict, sometimes worse so because they justify it because I nine times out of 10, if I was able to get to the unconscious of a Tucker Carlson or a, uh, um, uh, a Laura Grant uh, Ingram, uh, whatever mm-hmm. her name is, I forget. Uh, they are Absolutely doing whatever they say and hold on to the truth so that they can get into heaven. Because they believe and they've been taught that this is the truth. And if they don't abide by it, God will send them to hell, which is, well, they're not nine years old anymore. I don't understand how these souls of children of God, brothers and sisters of mine, can hold on to such incurious lifestyles. Uh, it, it is the end of growth. Curiosity, no curiosity is the end of all growth. And yeah. what, what's, what's, what happens with all the energy that's in us about unfolding and growing, if that's stifled, it's going to back up like a sewer line. And, and as that backs up, you're going to be spewing uh, nonsense and hatred and, and divisiveness and judgment, exactly what the most fundamental of all sex do every single day. And all that sewage goes into the planetary um, consciousness Mm -hmm. every single day, along with all the suffering that it causes. So look what we're saying here in summation for this track. Mm -hmm. Reconfiguring divinity as being omnipresent. Let me say one more thing before we sum up. Divine being does not stop what we call evil because evil is created at the root by non-curiosity absolutism every evil every evil you can parse down to an absolute disorientation an addiction to a certain belief mm-hmm. every single bit of evil it doesn't stop that because it gave us what we would call free will um, will our willfulness to manifest whatever we want and then we're supposed to look what we create and then go oops that's an error which oh, is what I'm God feeling... is
0: doing, looking at what it creates, and doing exactly secondarily, yeah.
1: It doesn't stop what we call evil. It uh, instead mm. supports good. It supports good, and it speaks to our higher uh, soulful aspects. So this is our world. We it, it, it found uh, we found ourselves inhabiting it. Um, divine being. Watched it unfold. Watched um, as souls started incarnating in the ape line um, uh, about a million years ago. Um, uh, what does supporting
0: good look like, though?
1: Supporting good um, supports uh, uh, Greta. Gre- 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 what's her name? The young girl uh, who's 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 um, doing all the climate change activism. This yeah. young girl, Greta. Uh-huh. That's she's the best example these days of a young child. Um, uh, she's a little older than a child now, a teenager, she, she's trying to do good. She doesn't spend her time in vituperation. She, When she, as a 14-year-old, however old she is, she shows sorrow yeah. at our denial of climate change, not vituperation. So what does supporting good look like? It, we, From underneath, divine being adds more higher octane Energy, emoto energetic love bandwidths to those who are open and called upon to do some sort of activism to offset the people who are spewing garbage out of absolutism and to, and to create divisiveness and suffering and pain. So that's what it does. It's a general rising tide raises all boats and sinks other boats.
0: Um, so like consequences and people the the structure of life and and how if someone's not living in reality, they dead end and there are negative consequences that that's part that's of that's force. a
1: result of that that's yeah. that's what I would say you dead you, it you amp up the love pressure to show you you've got your nose up against a dead end
0: yeah when well, I remember Maybe this the, far
1: spewing spewing holding holding and all of a sudden oh my god
0: the know? founder of aikido has this quote uh, when you align yourself with the principles of the universe it conspires to help you <laughs> yes
1: that that master was talking about divine being yeah in its omnipresent um, suffusion and saturation of care and love and curiosity
0: to its all it creates and right? the inverse of course is implied when you don't when you misalign with the principles of the universe it dead ends you <laughs>
1: It dead ends you. Every fundamentalist um, uh, religionist on the planet is dead ended because it is not sharing divine beings' curiosity about consciousness, about their consciousness. Right, so everything's going down the tubes, like we said. So we're, we're only not even quite seventy percent there. I'm it's pleased bad. this
0: punch about seventy percent because I'm get <laughs> I'm running out of juice to be able to tolerate it. Well, so. be careful because
1: this is not an this is not an arithmetic progression. Oh, no, no. This isn't. This is a um, what's the opposite of Albert uh, The, the same geometric. With, yeah, geometric. Like like earthquakes. Yeah, um, every every next step is a hundred times worse. Oh right? no. So. That way, I want to throw a little <laughs> cold water on your uh, on yeah. your warmth there. Um, but don't worry; it's not about time. It's about, about it's about evolution, mm-hmm. even though it does happen in time. Mm-hmm. So, in let's let's go forward now. Um, by lots of things happen if we dump the ridiculous pre-psychological, pre-empirical. Um, a notions of religion that says that God is omniscient and um, uh, omnipotent, and if you want to reject those, look what happens in atheism. If you adre- reject omniscience and omnipotence, you've got to you've got to reject omnipresence. God doesn't exist. God is not right, present. Right, right, yes. Mm-hmm. You see, but if you single that out, God is omnipresent. We're inside of it in every moment. Um, uh, uh, and notice I say He. It, I say it, not he, and it, not she, because it's a mix in a way that our minds can never understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you dare to live into the question, "What if God is omnipresent but not omniscient, om, om, omnipotent?" There's not only a bridge to atheism, because, well, what 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 kicks in here? If God a bridge is to omnip-
0: humanism, is really it, what it is.
1: Humanism, even more so, yeah. because. If God is omnipresent, it's 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 always there to help you be curious and unfold and grow, right? It, it, it's a direct connection to our humanism, which, not uncoincidentally, identity in its metaphysical orientation says the personal is just as spiritual as anything else, and that this idea taught by all forms of Buddh- most forms of Buddhism and Hinduism esoteric anyway. Yeah that's another 100%. whole
0: level because the human is not es- es- essentially worse than god just because it doesn't know everything yes. you know i, I never yeah. really saw that it's like well it's just a matter of degree or a matter of uh, order of magnitude not essentially different in that way because if god is um, omnipotent and omniscient then humans are fundamentally and essentially different Then
1: yes they live in a whole other domain not that's not god yeah yeah. Which is there's no seams in God. Uh, look at the worldview of of Christianity: heaven, hell, and somewhere in between is human is the human earth life. These mm-hmm. are fundamentally different orders, not one whole yeah. uh, di- uh, bandwidth of being. So there's no demarcations here. We're seamlessly connected to God, and and the the answer to this I've used this metaphor before. I'll say it again in this application. It's staring us in our in our face every moment we look at our hand here is the personal human here is the soul
0: that's the finger and then the hand
1: finger in the hand oh yeah right, right. this we haven't for audio this people, video yeah. yet um, the finger is connected to the hand seamlessly there is a demarcation but it's also seamless
0: yeah. is are the fingers individual well in one way the fingers are individual of course.
1: I, can, and- I can I can I uh, can move one finger without moving any of the other fingers in fact, I'd I love to do that when we do this on uh, the the spark uh, thing. Yeah, um, but uh, and then and the palm without the fingers is the soul, and the the forearm is the soul umbilicus that we that connects us to the rest of the body of.
0: And what's also individual. cool about that metaphor is, um, e- even though there's an essentialness to all of those parts, you take That's away it. the arm. Would you say yeah. that was the soul? The sole umbilicus. Uh, sole umbilicus, and everything else is going to die really fast. So there's yes. a there's a, um, a, a dependency hierarchy. This is there.
1: not. Yeah, these are not semantic. This, this this is not in the in the realm of semantics. This is in the domain of epistemics. What what you just said. The vitality of the finger requires the vitality of the palm, which requires the vitality of the form, which which, which uh, um, requires the vitality of the body it's connected to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is how not only does is there a bridge to humanism and atheism with God is only omnipresent. It's the end of, of patriarchal uh, axial age religions absolutism because divine is unfolding itself in curiosity every single moment. The proof of it is is that we, to grow, have to unfold and let go of over planning our route on planet Earth. We've got to make some parameters. Um, I'm going to make this decision versus that decision. Um, But um, uh, uh, in general, when you want to move from survival, once you have survival worked out, to some degree, you have room for thrival. You've got to let go of will to manifest, especially in these yin saturated days. So, everything in, in in identity is based on this. This is the primary structure of our our provenance and how our provenance unfolds through us. To the degree that I grow in my one one trillionth trillionth trillionth, trillion, God grows. Mm. So and it, nothing can grow without curiosity. So absolutism is anti-God, and that oh, that's is ironic. Down. Whoa, <laughs> absolutism is anti-God. When is it? When are all the religions of the world going to fold up the tent on that one? Hmm. It's time. It's time. Would it be great that you don't have to go through all these? Okay, I'm 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 only in my tenth incarnation, so boy, I'm glad the Pope is there to make me feel like um, he's the he's God's representative on Earth, and what he says is going to get me to heaven. Whew, Because our life was really tough here. I don't understand what's going on. That's an innocent young soul. Wouldn't it be great that they didn't have to unlearn that in the next 150 lifetimes? Yeah,
0: yeah. So the absolute so, unwavering belief-based faith in God is actually anti-God.
1: Yes, that's what identity suggests for people to chew on and see where it takes them. That's all.
0: That's Not all. Not as a new absolute truth, but as something. No, it's as used. a
1: universal truth to be tested yeah. and see what happens. And if you get scared, you're on to it, because, <laughs> because we've been so yeah. conditioned to, but like you beautifully said last podcast, that just like mom and daddy, they know everything. I used to call my, I used to ask my father where he he hid his Superman suit. Because I absolutely knew when I was five years old, my father was Superman. Uh-huh. You know? There were there was still a lot of heartbreak and learning. He wasn't. Um, uh-huh. So the same principle here in our father. Um, yeah, uh, I often sorry. have
0: the thought. I'm I'm about to be 48, and sometimes I I think about when my father was that age and as a kid, how much I thought he knew then, mm-hmm. and then sort of switched around, like, oh my god, I can't imagine having you know a 16 year old kid. And they're looking at you like you know everything. Well, maybe not 16, but certainly 11 Mm -hmm. or something. And and just feeling that, like, wow, we project so much knowledge and power onto our parents, and then we reach that age and realize how little they actually have. Um, That's just what we do. And even as adults with the divine, that's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Consciously or not.
1: So I'm starting to hear some... Backwash already. On the oh, yeah. yeah. Let's
0: res- this this respond to the questions that have not yet been asked <laughs> <Yeah. Nice. laughs> for my next
1: trick. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm not calling. Identity is not calling for the collapse of all religions. It's not calling for that. It's humbly suggesting that when you put together in your critical mind and your heart, both when they're in tandem, that they're if you really examine the nature of absolutism, it you come up empty. Um, it is impossible. The only way it could be possible if there was an is God. So um, that you live abs- with an absolute God who is jealous. God is jealous. He it doesn't, it's jealous and envious and angry. What? Only neurotic people are envious and judgmental and, and uh, uh, um, uh, angry like that in, the, in that way. Kill the fair, uh, kill the Abyssinians, kill the, uh, anyone who doesn't believe in you, uh, believe in the one Monad God. Religion created a neurotic God out of our own neuroses. It was innocent. It's okay. It was. It was 3,000 years ago. Um, we didn't. We didn't know about psychology. We didn't know about the unconscious. We philosophy hadn't formed yet as a, a congruent uh, yeah. a domain of human interest. Yeah, critical this, thinking uh, and
0: spirituality did not go together. No, so
1: all of it's innocent, and it's time to end. Mm-hmm. But I'm not calling for the end of its final play out called organized religion. I'm calling to the human human beings to wake up in this world that religions don't speak for God, atheists don't speak for not not no God, Buddhists and and um, Hinduists don't speak for not God. These are all projections of incomplete understandings of the divinity within which I start every moment, move through every moment and end every moment. That Mm -hmm. divinity is palpable. I used to call it the God field. I still do in some ways. There is a God field that we are just arising out of every moment um, in learning and curious. And in that way, giving a gift to divinity to learn about itself.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the ways I think about this a lot, that uh, and when I teach this kind of stuff with people, what I've said is, like, we're all dead-ending a set of assumptions about reality all the time. Whether you're trying to fix your toaster and you have an assumption that maybe it's not plugged in or needs to be replaced, or you have an assumption about... Uh, You know, what kind of car you should buy or what kind of computer you should get or about women or men or whatever, we all have assumptions about different aspects of reality. And it's easy to observe that we learn when we dead end those oh, I was wrong, I needed four-wheel drive and I only got two-wheel drive. I was wrong, the toaster was plugged in, I had it on the wrong setting, I was wrong. Women actually have a whole set of gifts that men don't or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so if if it's so observable that that's the case, then you know, I, what I say to people is like, your value system going all the way to the depth, you know, see our conversation about um, the, uh, is it eight or nine elements of the paradigm? I remember it used to be eight. Was nine now right
1: uh, well like fellini we'll stick with eight and a half <laughs> okay How about- eight and yeah. half.
0: <laughs> so if we're constantly making assumptions about toasters and cars and men and women and why can't we look at our own values as assumptions about reality as well and see that we're testing them so yes. if someone is a christian muslim jew jainist buddhist whatever they are what's so hard about saying you're testing that out the same way we're testing identity out yeah it, all we're you have all to do t- is yeah right all you have to do is drop the absolute grip and that you're so sure and be like look take that if that's what makes sense to you take that all the way but you'll you'll learn faster if you can hold it with an open hand rather than a grip and some exactly. of it will be right and some of it won't be and we're all learning through dead ending what's the problem and
1: that directly relates uh i just got this link this to that, Joseph. That was beautifully said. Um, that's just, uh, where the rubber meets the road, that's the best way to unhook from your dead end, uh, is to just what if it's not? What if I'm just testing and not fi- I haven't found it yet? Uh, dead mm-hmm. end religionists uh, think they found it. Yeah. And th- uh, this is patently inane. I-, I have no other word for it. Mm-hmm. So how do we sum all this up in terms of, again, always where the rubber meets the road, uh, let's, let's, let's uh, pull it together with the, uh, with the whole metaframe of ideas, right? Mm-hmm. Ideas guide our curiosity, yay or nay, right? We have to, we ha- human beings need paradigms. We have no innate thing except grunting survival. That's all we've got from the animal uh, in, that we carry as part of us in our, in our physicality, our survivability. That's the only innate thing we have. When we're hungry, we're going to eat, and we get really hungry, we don't care if we have to kill something to eat it. Um, These are innate. Nothing else is innate. No knowledge is innate, except through, which is another topic of reincarnation and how that works. Um, There is innate, but not innate in the physical body. So if you think you're an atheist and you're going to develop um, your own um, uh, non-theistic kind of humanistic value system, cool. That's that's a step in the right direction. Um, you don't need religion anymore. So you're going to have some midlives there where midlife um, in the incarnational cycles, where you're going to be atheistic humanists, humanists, that's fine too, but be careful. Um, when we say that um, why not, if religions didn't exist, then you, you we wouldn't have to unlearn so much over time. Uh, um, uh, what's wrong with that? I once was um, giving a talk uh, uh, in uh, um, uh, with a uh, about uh, the, the non dual enlightenment someone I was giving a Dharma talk. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, I think, did I say this in another stop me if i have you can edit this out
0: um, it probably bears repeating whatever it is
1: okay <laughs> there was a there was a, a a man uh in the high rows in the back there were about 50 60 people there and uh and he, he had a long beard he looked very um uh, lord of the rings what's his name um a dwarf uh, no no the, with the long beard with the <laughs> oh the gandalf dan gandalf <laughs> yeah he looked only oh, he was modern dressed uh, oh, casually sure. Uh, and he was listened very silently the whole time. And I, I, I connected with him right away, uh, visually, and nodded to him because I, I got that he was um, basically uh, enlightened. Um, uh, maybe he was an, an, an enlightened person that wasn't famous. I don't know. At any rate, he came. Um, I was making the case that, um, uh, that uh, someone asked me wait, you're saying that there is a substantive I. It's not an illusion. And I said, yes, that's right. How can you be enlightened and teach that? (laughs) This person, this is the track we're on. And I said, well, in my definition of enlightenment, you can't, um, right? But this is the error of uh, esotericism from the East uh, that they held absolutely onto the the God of not self, that the self is an illusion. This is non-negotiable. We talked a little bit about that already, right? So I made the case, uh, as I, I hope I'll, I, I, we can make it in the next few podcasts, because we're on mm-hmm. this track, yeah. um, about the, the the sobriety of personal selfhood um, in spiritual contexts. So I made that argument, it was a wonderful um, uh, 75 or 100, 110 minutes or something. Afterward, this gentleman, as I hoped he would, he, he came down and uh, he was very serious. And he said, and he put his arm on my shoulder, he said, "Brother," I immediately knew what he meant. You know, he said, "We can't tell them this, even if we know it's true that the self actually can't be um, uh, um, uh, um, uh, subtracted, only unattached to." Mm-hmm. And I said, "This is exactly what I teach." He said, "Well, but, but if you if you teach that they're they're, they're, they're they're there, I don't tell my students that there's no self." Because if I do, it'll make it harder for them to enlighten.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And I said, what if it was the
0: opposite? Yeah. If you what's
1: your basis of enlightenment? We had a short conversation. And I remember he said, well, like anyone else, transcendence of duality. I said, if you if your algorithm is duality transcendence, the illusoriness of the eye becomes self-resonating, becomes resonative Yeah. We don't use that in identity. Um we use processing the terror of not being emotively. And if you use that algorithm, it doesn't matter if you tell people ahead of time, there is an unsubtractable I uh, that we call the soul I. It is unsubtractable. And you only think it's subtractable if you use an algorithm of transcendence of duality. And he, he just looked at me and he, all of a sudden, some dead end absolute that he had, I, you can't tell people we will have we have a, a, a survivable eye after enlightenment because then it'll be make it harder for them to enlighten. I said, that's something you're over attached to. Mm-hmm. What if it might be this other thing? So there's a beautiful example of and then he walked away scratching his head, which he didn't have much hair like me. Um, and, uh, and I, I think I opened a door for him that day because he was a true, a true straight line uh, Zen type of uh, uh, teacher. And which is why, uh, as you said last couple of podcasts, uh, if I say um, such and such is a boil on humanity's butt, I couldn't be enlightened mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the non-dual way because you, they simply don't talk like that well. Yeah,
0: but then, then the question is, what are the metaphysical assumptions <laughs> that would cause you to say that <laughs> yes. in a paradigm that says it has no metaphysics? Yeah. To give you, you, you can get a
1: migraine yes uh, it, there's there's so much more integrous good truth in eastern esotericism than fundamental christianity fundamental religion of any kind mm-hmm. but it's but that makes their absolutism worse they they, it's they far more they, subtle because they should more subtle and more dangerous because there's more truth in eastern esotericism than western religionism mm-hmm. so the distortions that um eastern esotericism offers uh, uh, um, have more far-reaching damage.
0: Yeah, I'll often say to people, you know, because the the Eastern uh, Dharma is so much sexier to uh, Western people because we were all, most of us were brought up in some kind of Judeo Christianity. But and then I'll, I'll ask people, um, you know, what makes you think that uh, 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 Buddhism and Hinduism aren't just as distorted as Christianity, Juda- Judaism, right. Islam? You know, right. it's it's just a matter of where those distortions are. And we're, we're raised, we, we've already dead-ended the Western religions and then the shininess and newness of the Eastern Dharma is like, oh, this is a breath of fresh air. <laughs> well, how many lives do you want to take you to find those distortions? Do you want to find it in one life or do you want to spend 50 dealing with that? You know? Oh,
1: Joseph, I love that you've got your rubber on the road right there uh, <laughs> with people in ways I don't uh, at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. So to... To, to conclude,
0: yeah,
1: um, identity's version of God as omnipresent but not omniscient, uh, neither omniscient nor omnipotent, is enlightened deism. The founding fathers that Christian fundamentalists uh, uh, think uh, were Christians and so want to create a Christian theocracy in America when the Constitution they say they are uh, devotees of says, Division of religion and
0: well, I mean, I mean, separate how? church and state. By the way, how why is it that it says in God we trust on our money when there's supposed to be a division of church and state? Uh, Listen, don't they, don't let the truth get in the way of a good ideology. There, Stace, the Christ, the idea of Christian founding fathers is really supportive of lots of Christians in our world. Franklin,
1: Jefferson, uh, uh, the, uh, Washington, they were not Christians. They were deists, mm-hmm. and deists believe there is a God but does nothing, has no relationship. This is our job to make a yeah. garbage dump out of this world or a, a, a citadel, a golden citadel, citadel on the hill. They'd
0: certainly have to if they were going to create democracy. There's a lot of self-authority in that idea, right?
1: <laughs> well, the first constitution in the history of humankind Based on the rights of the individual over yeah. the government. You know,
0: I never thought about that because the 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 monarchies of Europe that's Christian. That's it, it's hierarchical. True. Of but course, but a democracy is far more holarchical. So it makes sense that they'd be deists. Like we've got to do this ourselves. You know, it's it's humanistically empowering. So
1: deism carries a lot more defensible universal truthism than fundamentalism Christian does, for example, Christianity. Mm -hmm. So identity takes, but then diverges. It starts with a stem of deism, but then diverges because it is intimately involved every single day in every one of our breaths, the breath of a plant, the breath of our our own. It is not disengaged as deist. Deism couldn't
0: make an and between the... On um, the presence, they couldn't make omnipresence, um, but not uh, controlling everything. So they threw the baby out with the bathwater, as everybody always does.
1: exactly. So mm. to make the historical reference so that people can create a category in their mental body about it, this is enlightened. Identity is enlightened deism when it comes to the the divine being within which we are unfolding our own lives. Uh, it's intimately engaged but it, only, it, it, it unfolds and grows at the, at, the, at the level that its creations unfold and grow. Mm-hmm. That's all, it can't get outside of itself and say, what should I do to grow? It can't get outside of itself. So all it can do is un- unfold itself and learn from the inside, paradoxically, exactly how we learn. Mm-hmm. It's exactly how we learn. We do something on the outside that creates non-well-being in ourselves or someone else in the most best way of saying it or gentlest um, what on the inside drove me to that choice which then led to my series of decisions based on that choice that's that we we grow that way because that's the way divine being grows everyone mm-hmm. so this should produce thousands of questions about how this might apply to your life and we're going to have at some point here soon um uh, Joseph tells me, a, a call-in program where uh, we when can pull, pull, pull that out. And uh, and I prob- I'm i sure he'll say something like, send in your questions and I'll mm-hmm. randomly take uh, a 10 of them out of the 3,000 that you get. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice?
0: <laughs> that would be uh, great. I'd love to have that problem.
1: Yeah. So t- today was um, um, everything, all the opinions that identity offers with an open curious hand as a universal truth to be tested come out of the structure of divinity mm-hmm. our provenance and resonate with what we've said today and if you ever hear something coming out of my mouth or joseph's mouth that doesn't seem to resonate with that please let us know because we're looking for that all the time
0: yeah all the time yeah, for sure okay well, so to say so go
1: ahead oh you're welcome I'll, I'll, sorry Thank so you I want to so say,
0: Stace, go ahead.
1: <laughs> I I don't want to say God be with you, because it already is,
0: mm.
1: right? And that's a good uh, closure for me to you, Mister mm. Man, who are who gives um, uh, oxygen to identity at the moment, uh, and uh, and you and a few others in the uh, slaving around the world to try to get make oxygen in a world that's choking on its own absolute truth-based carbon dioxide
0: yeah that's for sure well may it uh, dead end quickly
1: (laughs) beautifully said
0: well thanks see you next week yeah you bet bye for now bye -bye. thanks for listening to the heart of soul podcast to learn more about stace barron and identity please visit identity.org to learn more about joseph shapiro visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.